Hey, this is Pastor Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So where are you weak? You know, where you're just not doing it right, or you're just not good enough, you're just not a good enough communicator, or you're just not strong enough. On today's show, we're going to talk about weaknesses, how God can be strong where we're weak. I'm kind of tired of all these stories about strong leaders doing amazing things. Maybe the story should be about God's strength in our weakness. I'm also going to talk about how I feel more likely to be murdered when I'm staying in a hotel by myself on today's show. listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. I am your host, Pastor Doug Bursch. So glad you could join me. Today I'm going to share a life verse. I mean, you don't have to have life verses, but this is a verse that God brought to me in a very difficult time of my life, and it is just something I go back to again and again, there's a lot of things I could talk to you about on today's show. Uh, our church celebrated our 20th anniversary. I think I might address that on our next show. Uh, by the way, uh, we bring you new content twice a week uh, on the Fairly Spiritual Show. We have a Wednesday podcast or a show that goes directly to podcast on Wednesdays. And then on Friday, we have a radio show that's broadcast in the Seattle area at 1 o'clock, 1 to, uh, what was it, half an hour, so 1 to one thirty. On KCIS, uh, that's 6.30 a.m. on your AM dial. Uh, and then we also have it released as a podcast as well on Fridays. So uh, listen to the show. You can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. I'd like to get some subscribers there. So go to iTunes and subscribe. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org. Some of you have been listening to the show. Uh, you've been following what I've been writing or uh, what I've been producing, but you haven't picked up my book yet. And I'd love for you to read the book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. I'd love for you to pick that up. Uh, but lots of things to talk about. Uh, I'm going to talk about God's strength in our weakness, and I've thought a lot about that after celebrating 20 years of ministry at the church I serve, Evergreen Foursquare Church in Auburn. I also thought a bit about that uh, this week as I went to a conference in Spokane, uh, the denomination I'm a part of, we had our district conference. Our district is made up of a couple states, and we gather together once a year, and we have a district conference. And, and those are always kind of a struggle. The, the goal of the conferences are to build you up and to encourage you. So it's all good motives. I, I don't, you know, I'm not negative towards that reality, but I'm not necessarily encouraged by conferences. Often you, you've got big name pastors, you're in a big name church, you kind of hear the same people telling you about what you need to do, and you, and you hear success stories. And, and sometimes for me, success stories don't necessarily motivate me. It doesn't motivate me to hear all the great things someone has done. Uh, I just tend to feel like, well, great. Uh, what am I doing wrong? So that's just kind of how I process things. And frankly, I would probably assume in me that no matter how anything is done, I'd still feel a little bit negative about myself. That's just kind of how I roll. So, but, but you get into it. If you listen, God is speaking and you find a way uh, to be encouraged. And, and what I love about these things primarily 
uh, besides just hearing what God is saying through the speakers uh, and it's just connecting with people and talking with people in the lobby and, and, and you know, stuff like that. Uh, one of the things I don't enjoy, though, is traveling alone. My wife didn't go with me this time. Uh, things are just too busy. And there's something in me, and I don't know why this is. Uh, my wife is not a specialist in defense. It's not like she can protect me from being murdered. But there's something about this that when I travel alone, I feel like my ability to be murdered is just uh, exponential. If I'm in a hotel room uh, with my wife, we're perfectly fine. We're just traveling and there's no big deal. But if uh, I'm traveling alone, I just assume I won't make it through the night. I, 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 I know that's not rational, but that's what my mind does. I just I wake up throughout the night just assuming I'm going to be murdered. And I, I have to tell you, I stayed in a somewhat murdery hotel. It was just, you know, I, I, I price-lined a very cheap hotel. Uh, you know, our, our church doesn't even have an expense account, and so often we just pay for it. I, maybe the church will pay for this one. I don't know. But I'm, I'm always going as cheap as I can. And so, uh, well, I shouldn't say as cheap as I can. That's an exaggeration. I mean, some of those hotels, you know, I don't, I don't stay in the hotels where you pay by the hour. But, you know, it's cheap. It was a cheap hotel. And it, it, when I walked in the lobby and just, this is kind of scary. And I won't name it. I just will, the hotel will remain unnamed, but it was in a part of town where the ambiance was homeless people yelling. That was kind of the, the vibe of Spokane. And if you know the Spokane area, there's some areas that are, that are not as thriving as other areas in Spokane, Washington. And Spokane is one of those areas where what people do is they just move away from wherever the poverty is. They can just build houses and build churches and build whatever just farther and farther away from whatever's not doing well, because you can do that. You can just keep moving out. So uh, this hotel had not moved away from that area, and so it was a great deal. So anyway, uh, you know, just kind of murdery. But the thing I felt like is there were a lot of people there, so my thoughts were they can't possibly murder all of us. You know, if it had been a small hotel, a Bates motel with just, you know, a few of us there, then I'd be concerned. But I thought clearly the murderer... Just even if he were to murder a few people, odds are he's not going to get to my room. So <laughs> anyway, if you want to know how I travel alone, that's how I travel alone. Of course, uh, they had one of those wonderful continental breakfasts uh, that was not wonderful at all. A continental breakfast in many places actually means the kind of breakfast that you wouldn't want to eat on any continent. It was just basically every food item that I would not want to eat all put together for free. and but, but because it's for free, for some reason, you eat it. You know, it, it, because it's free. You can't pass up this free food, even though you shouldn't eat it. And I, I was looking, one, to not just have a bunch of carbs. Uh, so I tried to find the protein, and they had those, those wonderful eggs that you don't really believe are eggs. However they became to look like eggs, you know they didn't start as eggs. You know, you know, they started as something that didn't look like eggs, and they ended up like eggs. And so I had a little bit of those. And then it had uh, some sausages. Well, they were shaped like a sausage, which, again, the whole concept of those sausages are funny. It's like, we don't know what's in it, what kind of meat, as long as it's just shaped like a sausage. And I had a couple of those. And the fact that they were so salty, it made me realize that whatever the meat product or fat product that they was in them, they just put enough salt to say, ah, you just won't notice. And so 
Anyway, but it was free, so I had to eat that so I could feel bad the rest of the day. And aren't I sounding like an old man? But anyway, had fun at the conference. Really, Doug, you had fun? Yeah, oh, I had a blast. Enjoyed myself, but came home to see my lovely wife. What I'm saying is I'm a weak-willed traveler. I just, I don't do well traveling without my lovely wife. I want to talk about this on today's show. Uh, you know, sometimes we try to motivate people through uh, improvement, right? Self-improvement is the American way. You know, we're going to, we're going to get better. We're going to get stronger. We're going to get healthier. We're going to, you know, New Year's Day, we're going to get those resolutions in place. We're going to get this thing figured out. Assess your life, assess, you know, write it down on paper what's wrong, you know, put a plan in place, figure this sucker out and get better at it. And I can be like that. I want to improve, and, and, and there, there's nothing wrong with self-improvement. There's nothing wrong with trying to get better at something and trying to be less weak. But, but in all that, there's almost this assumption that the reason I can't grow as an individual is I'm too weak. You know, if I just wasn't too weak, if I was just stronger, I'd be okay. And the reason I'm not doing well in life is I'm weak. And I want to bring this up because I think there's a false notion in that when it comes to spirituality, because the scripture talks about a reality that we can be strong or powerful where we are most weak. Or maybe I could say it this way, that God can be the most powerful in our life where we are the most weak. That the most powerful testimony of our life can be in the places where we are the weakest. And because we sometimes have this self-improvement, and in fact, because of our Christian publishing industry and conferencing industry, where we're constantly feeding people based on discontentment. You know, your church is weak here, so so buy this product and come to this conference and have this expert and do this assessment that we're constantly saying, you know, if you, if you just weren't so weak, you'd do okay, that we don't spend enough time looking at a theology of weakness. That the Bible wants us to look at our weakness and not be so concerned to even remove that weakness, but to trust that actually where we are weak he can be immeasurably strong. And so that's what I want to do right now. I want you to think about an area where you're weak. Now, I'm not talking about an area where you're sinning and harming people, although even in those areas, you're going to need God's strength to move ahead, but just an area where you're profoundly weak, where you're just not very good at it, where you're disorganized, where you're not a people person. There's one. I'm just, you know, I just don't like people. I just, I'm, you're, you're an introvert. Maybe you have a learning disability. Maybe whatever the area is where you think you are weak. And, and maybe there's an aspect of where you're weak where you think that that weakness is discounting you from doing what God has called you to do. Or that weakness is keeping you from being the representative of the kingdom of God that you want to be or that you're supposed to be. Think about that weakness. Some of us don't even want to think about it because it feels like an accusation, but I want you to think about that weakness. And I want you to acknowledge this, that in that place of weakness, that might be the place where the power of God will be seen as most evident in your life. That weakness might be the testimony of your life, not that it changes, but that you yield that weakness to the Lord and God is strong where you are weak. Are you willing to allow that weakness to be the testimony of your life or for God to testify of his goodness through you 
as you minister through that weakness or with that weakness? Are you willing to allow him to be strong where you're weak? We're going to talk about that on today's show. So what we're going to do is take a quick break, and then we're going to get into my favorite scripture and look at God's strength in our weakness. Hey, I appreciate you listening to uh, the show. It's important to me. Could you please share this? If you ever like a show, share it with other people. Bring them into this movement. If you think there's a different spirit to this show and you like it and you want others to be a part of it, then please share this with others. Go to fairlyspiritual.org and support the show in different ways. One way to support it is buy my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. That greatly supports the work I'm doing. Also, if you want to keep the radio show on the air, then please donate. Your donation will keep the show on the air. If we don't get donations, it will go off the air. Most importantly, pray for us and recognize that we're doing our best to honor God. Go to fairlyspiritual.org. All right. Thanks for listening today. So what I want us to look at, and I ask you to do this, is to look at where you're weak. And instead of like, oh, I don't want to look at that because, you know, I got to work at that and see it as something that, you know, it's, it's like a part of our house that we got to fix. Like, I don't even want to think about, like, does anybody have like a, a bathroom like that? Like the one bathroom you got to fix? And just, I don't even want to think about that project. Maybe just think about an area in your life that's weak. And maybe God doesn't want to change it. Maybe God will never change that. Maybe you'll never get stronger in that area. Maybe you'll never become a better communicator. Maybe you'll never become more organized. Maybe you'll never stop being an introvert. Maybe you'll always be anxious. Maybe you'll always struggle with depression. But God will still be strong where you're weak. I want to read to you a scripture that has been a a powerful life verse in my life. And it's in 2 Corinthians 12. And, and you know, I could read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read a part of it here. Uh, let's go oh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, one of the things I love about this passage is we don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh is, and scholars love to argue about it, but I think there's a reason it's not in there. Because if it was in there, we would limit the strength of God. And we'd say, you know, God's strength is only for these specific things. But instead, it's still vague. You know, was the thorn in the flesh, there was someone, literally a person who was driving him crazy? Was there a specific situation? Some people believe it was his health, that Paul had some health issues or some eyesight problems. 
whatever it is, whatever it was, he, it was so difficult. It was such an issue that he pleaded with God. He's like, God, take this away from me. I can't minister effectively with this weakness. This weakness is keeping me from doing what you called me to do. And Paul pleaded with the Lord for the Lord to take it away. But God's response to Paul was this. My strength will be made perfect in your weakness. My power will be made evident in your weakness. Where you are weak, I will be strong. Now, I was first introduced to this verse when I was sick in uh, middle school. I got very sick. I was a, was a good Christian kid. I had served the Lord. I loved Jesus. I was also, I'm just going to say this, not, it's not like to brag about myself, but just for you to know the kind of state I was in and the kind of disillusionment I had felt. I had served the Lord. I loved Jesus. I loved Jesus. But I was also a kid who wasn't just kind of in isolation and kind of this nerd who couldn't connect with people. I was also very connected in middle school. I was in sports. I was the captain of the football and basketball and baseball team. And by the way, that's not because I was a tremendous athlete. It was because we didn't have very good teams, you know, it was just, just the reality of it, right? But so, you know, I was active in sports. I, I was the vice president for my class, you know, which was the best role because you didn't have to do anything. I loved Jesus. I honored God. Uh, but I was also very much involved in school and involved with other people. And I saw this as, you know, that makes sense. You know, you can serve Jesus and you can you can be a, a good Christian, you know, young man, but you can also interact with people and, and have a certain level of success in life. Uh, but while I was doing this, my ninth grade year, and for us, that was the last year of middle school. Our middle school was seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, my ninth grade year, I got really sick. I began to get chronic bronchitis and pneumonia and so sick that I, I kept being hospitalized. And I had to be on breathing treatments where four times a day I'd be on these breathing treatments and they'd have to clap your chest so you could breathe and and all these health issues, and I was on all these medicines, and I would, I would kind of get better, but not completely better, and then I would get sick again, and I was on steroids, and I, they didn't know what was wrong with me, and I had sinus surgeries, and all kinds of tests done against me, and, and basically they couldn't find out what was wrong with me. I spent, I missed like 90 days of school, it's like 60 days in the hospital on and off. So, you know, there'd be seven days in and then 10 days in, and seven days in. And during this time, I, I, you know, I missed so much school. I couldn't play sports. And, and again, when you're the captain of things, when you're the, the star of things, it, it's really hard to be that sick, to be where, where, and, and you don't judge the, the boy here. This is just the mentality. You understand the mentality. But when you want to be the best player on the team, when you're sick and you show up to practice and you can't play and you can barely breathe and you're sitting on the bench because the coach can't even put you in because he doesn't even know if you're going to survive out there, you're not happy. You're sad. You're, you're frustrated. You're, you're wondering what's going on. And so I could barely play uh, football and I could barely play 
basketball. And I even got to the point with baseball where my parents said, you just can't play. We just can't have you out there because you're too sick and we're afraid for your health. And I got to a place of great disillusionment because I missed so much school that what happens is kids would say, you know, we hope you get better and we hope things are fine for you. But eventually they forget about you and eventually they move on with their life. And, and when I would go to school, I was so sick and I was so shaky and I was so disconnected that everything just seemed like this blur. And, and everything that was important to me was being taken away from me, my relationships, the sports, the connections, all the things that I thought, you know, gave me meaning or value, they were being taken away. And I was on breathing treatments four times a day. And, and at the time, it just seemed like, what is the purpose of life? And although someone can say, you know, what is it, an eighth grade, who cares? But you understand, as an eighth grader, I'm not comparing my life to my future life. That's life. That's existence. And, and for me, existence was meaningless. It felt meaningless. And also, God, you know, here I've served you and I'm following you. And here's the fruit of this. Here's the, the goal of this. Why, wh what is this all about? And I remember coming to this scripture. I remember finding this and reading this by myself, you know, pleading to the Lord, help me. I don't, I don't, why, why won't you take this away from me? Why won't you remove this sickness? Why won't you bring me to a better place? I don't understand this. Why would you take away everything in my life? Why would you allow this to happen? Pleading with the Lord. And I remember reading these words, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. I remember those words just, you know, coming off the page to this ninth grade teenage boy. My grace is sufficient for you, Doug, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Here I have nothing to offer the world. I just, my, my meaning, my purpose, I, I'm not connected with anyone. I'm not of value to anyone. I'm just, I'm just stuck, stuck on breathing treatments, just floating through life, not connected to anyone. And the Lord says, my grace is sufficient. My power will be made perfect in your weakness. And then Paul says, I am content with weaknesses, with hardships, with calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I embraced that scripture by faith. There's many more things to that testimony of being sick there where I begin to sense the presence of God and, and begin to realize that I would never be alone, and that truly God was and is enough for me to move forward, that I didn't need even health to be able to be at peace with God. But I believed by faith that the strength of God is not dependent upon the strength of man. The strength of God in my life was not dependent upon the strength of my flesh that God could be strong in me in my weakest moment, and that if I honored him in my weakness, he would be strong. And that, that, that scripture has motivated my life in so many ways. I'm a dyslexic man. I talk about this 
in my book as as a dyslexic uh, with, with schooling, my best efforts in many ways failed. And there's just some things I can't do. There's things I can't remember. There's things I, I just struggle. And that weakness has never gone away. It doesn't go away. But I just had to, had to trust that, okay, I'm weak, but God will be strong. Where I'm weak, where I can't remember people's names, God will be strong. Where I'm an anxious person, God will be strong. Where I don't want to be with people, where I want to run away, I'm going to yield that to the Lord, and God will be strong. When I stand before the congregation and say, I, you know, I, I, I don't even want to have more friends, and I'm trying to follow God's calling, and I know some of you might judge me for this, but this is me trying to follow the Lord, and you can judge me if you want, but I'm trusting that God will be strong where I am weak, and I don't think I'm ever going to be stronger in this area. This is just how God created me but I'm going to serve him. This is the pastor you have. And if I can serve the Lord in my weakness, so can you. And I have found as I've been willing to serve the Lord in my weakness, he has been strong and I've been able to call others out and say, I know you're weak and I know you're waiting to be strong to move forward, but the Lord says, do not wait another moment, another second Move forward in faith. Where you are weak, he will be strong. And I would say that to you right now. You've been listening to this point and you've been waiting for these words. And I speak to you directly right now. There are areas where you are waiting to move forward in your calling. God has called you to do a very specific thing. And you're waiting to be strong. And the Lord says, I will not make you stronger. Walk in faith. My power will rest in you in your weakness. You know that I am talking to you right now. Right now, I believe I am talking to a few people who are listening to this podcast, listening to this show, and you know that you are waiting to be strong. You're saying, I cannot make that step forward. I cannot do what God has called me to do. It is too hard. I am too weak. And the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The Lord's grace is sufficient for you. The Lord's power will be made perfect in your weakness. But he's not going to make you an ounce stronger in your own flesh. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that right now. He's not going to make you an ounce stronger. You're going to need to move forward. Now, now, you could maybe as you move forward, as God begins to minister through you, as God begins to use you, as his power rests upon you, maybe your flesh will get stronger. Maybe you will get skills. Maybe aspects of your weakness will be removed. But he's not going to do it now. He's not going to do that first. You are first going to move out and move forward. You've been called to listen to this show, to listen for this moment, and to stop waiting. Just stop waiting to be strong. You're not going to be strong. I can tell you, there are areas of my life that I am as weak as I've ever been. And God still says, Doug, go out and speak. Go out and do. 
Go out and be what I've called you to be. And to be honest, I haven't just pleaded with the Lord three times. There are still times where I plead with the Lord, Lord, would you take that away? Would you remove that? Would you, would you do something to make me stronger? Would you give me financial strength? Or would, would you give me the strength of advocates around me? Or would, would you give, you know, open up doors that would make me feel stronger? And the Lord is like, nope, nope. I'm not going to give you more financial strength. I'm not going to give you more strength with the influence of others. I just want you to move forward in faith and my power will rest upon you. Move forward in faith. Let the strength and the power of God be magnificent in your weakness. Amen. Hey, I appreciate you listening to today's show. May God richly bless you where you're weak. Uh, could you support what we're doing here? Go to fairlyspiritual.org and you can support the radio show that we're broadcasting. Uh, it's reaching people that this podcast can't reach. Uh, go to fairlyspiritual.org. Any donation keeps the show on the air. Also, pick up the book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. You can get that at Amazon. Uh, this theme music is by my brother, Dan Bursch, and you can pick up his music on iTunes. All right, make room for the Lord. I'll see you next time. Enough.